Welcome everyone to the podcast of Gas Pathways, a platform dedicated to technology and innovation taking place in the natural gas industry. My name is Joseph Murphy and with me today is Stefan Germain, the founder and CEO of GHG Sat, a specialist in the satellite monitoring of greenhouse gas emissions. Hi Stefan, thank you for being here. Hi Joseph, thanks for having me. So maybe you could start by walking me through in more detail um, what it is that GHGSAT does and its history. So I believe you you started as a as a startup in in uh, 2011, right? Um, you know, where have you gone since there? Well, it's been quite a road and quite a journey. Um, so let me just explain what we do first. GHGSAT uses its own satellites to monitor greenhouse gas emissions at a facility scale. So from individual facilities anywhere in the world. We've been doing that now for well over five years. And uh, we started with a demonstration satellite in 2016. And we have since launched two new satellites just over a year ago that have taken everything we learned from our demonstration satellite and uh, put it into these new satellites to improve our performance, about a 10 times improvement in performance. So that now we're really truly offering uh, commercial services uh, to many industries around the world. Mm -hmm. So the history, the story behind it is uh, that in 2011, we were uh, looking for ways in which we could use satellite technology to serve the environment and help uh, industrial operators better understand their emissions. And there was an announcement of a, a cap and trade scheme between California and Quebec that inspired us to look at you know the, the market mechanisms that might make that possible. Essentially, it's an idea that's very obvious now, but back then was a, a little less obvious. And that was that when you put a value in a ton of carbon, emitters will have to treat that as a financial risk and really understand how to control and mitigate their emissions to reduce their financial risks. And so uh, we went about talking to customers first and foremost, and literally hundreds of customers, just to make sure that we uh, had a, a, a service or a proposed service that customers would be interested in. And then we went about uh, looking to make sure we had the right technology to serve that need. So really designing something that was fit for purpose, exactly what customers would want. And finally, of course, raising the money to do that. So that took a couple of years. And like I said a minute ago, it, it led to the launch of our demonstration satellite in 2016. And it, so we really very much went from you know zero to satellite within just a couple of years. And mm -hmm. like, like any satellite, um, after we launched it, especially because we had so many technology innovations in that satellite, uh, the first one always should be a demonstrator just to, to prove that you can generally do what you said you would do. <laughs> and there were a lot, of, I can tell you there were a lot of skeptics back in 2016. But uh, now we've we've completely proven it out. The technology now is entirely de-risked. It absolutely works. And like I said, we took all the uh, learnings, all the, the lessons learned, both on the customer side and on the technology side from, from the demonstrator, and then applied that to our new satellites. So now we really are in a place where we're delivering methane monitoring services to oil and gas, to power generation, to uh, waste management, to coal mining, out of any industry that emits significant methane emissions from facilities around the world, we're now offering from our satellites. 
Okay, and there are other uh, companies involved in satellite monitoring of, of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, what makes GHGSat stand out? What you're right, there is satellite monitoring of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere has been around for well for decades now. The uh, pioneers in this were really the national space agencies. Think of the European Space Agency, uh, NASA, the Japanese Space Agency, uh, and even more recently, the Chinese. And um, these missions are all designed for monitoring the planet, the whole planet every day, and monitoring the atmosphere in particular to inform climate change models. So these are really um, global scale measurements with relatively coarse resolution. They're not, they're not designed to pick out individual sources. They're really designed to look at the whole atmosphere and, and really understand all the dynamics and the changes in the atmosphere to address um, you know, the, the global questions like um, what, you know, what will be the temperature rise over time from increasing emissions in the atmosphere. That's what has been around for a long time. So the underlying science has been proven. What we did is, is really did a, a, a several different innovations all combined into one um, all at once. So the first thing we did is we said, in order to serve the need that we perceived, we need to look at very high resolution. So we're not interested in seeing the whole atmosphere of the entire planet every day. We're interested in picking out individual emission sources on the surface of the earth. So for that, we need to go from a resolution of you know, kilometers, which is what the national space agencies do, to meters. So, you know, it's two orders of magnitude smaller um, or higher resolution, smaller pixels on the ground. The second thing we did is we had to design the system so that it would be able to pick out the smallest leak possible. So it has to um, not so much be designed for looking at concentrations across broad areas of the atmosphere, but really look for plumes. Look for like smoke going downwind from a smokestack, but, but in this case, you're looking for methane or mm -hmm. carbon dioxide as opposed to smoke. And then the third thing we had to do was pack all of that into a tiny satellite so that as a, a startup, we could afford to do it because national agency satellites are, are absolutely exquisite and they tend to cost, you know, a billion dollars each. Um, that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of a tall order for a startup. So uh, we went for small satellites, and those are about two orders of magnitude cheaper to, to build and launch. So we, we put all that into one package, and that's, that's what makes us different. We, we can track emissions at a facility scale with the uh, lowest detection threshold of any other satellite in the world today, and we can do it from a small satellite. So all three of those things combined is entirely unique and really allows us to offer a commercial service to industrial operators. Mm -hmm. Could you walk me through the different steps of that commercial service you, you provide? So, you know, you approach a company or the company approaches you, um, you, you provide, uh, you, you help them, you know, sketch out an idea of their, their emissions from, as you said, individual facilities. Um, you know, what, what happens next? Well, so once we've agreed on a, set of facilities that or areas that that the customers want us to look at we essentially set up a subscription service so we we will monitor for typically a year sometimes multiple years that area those sets of facilities um, looking for 
uh, emissions if it's a question of leak detection or monitoring known emissions if it's a case of wanting to look at uh, the verification of emissions or changes in emissions from, from known sources. So it's a subscription service where customers are paying for data delivered typically on a monthly basis, but we can even go down to a daily basis if customers want to get really um, frequent measurements. And we do that with a combination of platforms, inclu including other satellites with our own. So it's we bring all of that together as direct measurements. And then we also offer our customers uh, what we call derivative services. So we, we will use public satellites and third-party sources of data. So we will use production databases, for example, to mm -hmm. give operators a view of other things like, like flaring, like um, changes in emissions over time or, or concentrations over time around the areas where they are operating. So all of those, those extra dimensions we call analytics and they're layers of analytics are available through our portal that are delivered along with our direct measurements. So the customers really have, um, you know, for lack of a better term, a, a one-stop shop for all different available types of satellite measurements for greenhouse gas emissions from your sites. And you're working in, as you said, uh, you know, various sectors that, that emit methane. Um, but is your primary, are you primarily involved in, in the oil and gas industry? Yes. So there, right from the beginning, I'd like, like any startup, it's always wise to have a huge addressable market, but really have at least one solid beachhead. And for mm -hmm. us, that was the oil and gas industry. It was, it was very obvious, and it continues to be very obvious, that the oil and gas industry is, is very interested in understanding emissions in, in finding fugitive sources and repairing those as quickly as possible. And so that means there's a ready market. Uh, there, of course, is an industry that is uh, very well capitalized and generally has funding set aside for, for this kind of endeavor. And um, so the oil and gas industry was a natural place for us to start. And so we've had a lot of success in the oil and gas industry over the last few years, where we've started with the largest operators in the world. And um, you know, I'm happy to say that the vast majority of them at this point are customers of ours. And our goal now is to extend our services to um, many of the, the mid-tier or even smaller players that um, increasingly are interested in the same thing, finding their emissions so they can uh, repair them as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say are the biggest technological challenges of doing this kind of work? So. Uh, one case in point, uh, you know, satellites have have had difficulty accurately quantifying emissions from offshore sources. Um, you know, what what is uh, GHG Sat uh, doing to overcome that challenge and 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 other challenges? Well, let's start with offshore because that that's a great one because I think we're in the process of solving that one. <laughs> but then we can go to some of the other ones. Um, so yes, offshore emissions are, have been a challenge for methane monitoring satellites just because of the way we do our measurements. So, you know, to, to go a little geeky for a minute, we, we operate in the short okay, we operate in the shortwave infrared, uh, which is a region of the spectrum where uh, water absorbs light at that that at that, that wavelength range. So what that means is that um, you know, we, in order to make a measurement, need light to be reflected off the surface of the Earth and bounce back to our satellite so we can look at the absorption of light at wavelengths that correspond to the presence of methane. 
But if you're over water, if the, if the surface is absorbing the light, we'd have no light being reflected back to the satellite, so we can't take a measurement. Now, that's not just us. It's pretty much every methane monitoring satellite in orbit today or even planned uses light in the shortwave infrared in order to make their measurements. So traditional satellite measurement um, doesn't work. However, the good news is, and again, we benefit from the pioneering work of national space agencies here, there are different modes of measurement. Uh, for example, it turns out if you look um, at the surface of the Earth, rather than looking straight down at it, but look at it a little obliquely, sort of at a high angle of incidence, you can still get what's called a glint reflection off the surface of the water. And in that way, we can still get enough light that we can make a measurement over water. So we announced this summer, in summer 2021, that we were working with three partners, Total, Shell, and Chevron, to demonstrate that we could actually do this over water as an R&D project. And we expect to complete that R&D project this fall so that by winter 2022 onwards, we can offer a commercial service. So, so big long answer there, but, but we think we're well along the way of solving um, the challenges of measuring emissions of methane over water. Now, there are other limitations and that's just like any technology, there's no silver bullet here. Every technology has its limitations. So first and foremost, um, you need sunlight. So I, I just explained that we need light reflected off the surface of the earth. Well, that implies that you need sunlight. <laughs> so you can't make a measurement at night and you can't make a measurement in polar regions in the winter, whether it be the North Pole or the South Pole in their respective winters. So um, there will be times of the year where, you know, in Northern Russia, for example, in the winter, we're not going to be able to make a measurement or in Southern Argentina, for example, in the in the in their winter, we won't be able to make a measurement either. So you need light. Second thing is uh, we need to be able to see the ground. We need we need the light to be reflected off the surface and then bounce back through any present any methane present to the satellite. And so uh, if we can't see the ground, that's a problem. So cloudy areas are definitely a challenge. So generally, that means tropical regions, like certainly uh, around uh, Nigeria, Brazil. Um, those can be more cloudy than 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 average, and um, therefore have fewer opportunities to make satellite measurements. So it's not that it doesn't work; it absolutely works. It just means you need days with at least some visibility through clouds in order to make the measurement. So that's probably the 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 next most important challenge. So there are a bunch of others, but but those are really the the most important ones. Mm -hmm. And you recently teamed up with uh, Chenya, the, the US LNG producer, um, and, and other companies and um, uh, some institutions, um, you know, forming a partnership on, on trying to look at ways of improving greenhouse gas monitoring. Could you tell me a bit more about that collaboration? Sure. So um, Chenier is very interested in um, we're finding ways to market gas at a premium that um, has uh, low emissions or, or, or low carbon. And um, basically, we have been um, working with them with several other technology providers to see if together we can quantify through direct measurements, through a series of direct measurements from satellite, from aircraft, from ground, 
um, that in fact the gas produced by Chenier is, is, is lower carbon or lower emitting than other gas sources um, either in the U.S. or around the world. So that that's the that's the gist of the project, and uh, we are one component of the technology solution. And that's a, that's a really important point that you know obviously we think satellites are are an excellent technology solution everywhere around the world, but it it remains part of a suite of technologies that operators should consider to to understand, to control, and reduce their methane emissions. Ultimately, operators will need some component of ground measurements and probably aircraft measurements combined with satellite measurements to really have the most cost-effective and complete measurement of their emissions. And so that I think that um, is being tested and demonstrated by Chenier, as well as other operators. We announced the same thing with Exxon um, and, and with other operators as well um, in the last couple of years. Okay, and um, could you tell me more about um, the investment support you've, you've received? So who, who are your main investors? Um, I know that you, you can count the Oil and Gas Climate Initiative as one of them. That's correct. So we, from the beginning, wanted to find partners that would invest in our company that also would help us open doors to our end customers. And that's why we are particularly uh, happy to work with the Oil and Gas and Climate Initiative. We, we were fortunate that we had several different funding sources that were interested in working with us. But the Oil and Gas Climate Initiative brought both the capital we needed to build our next satellites and uh, direct access to many of the world's largest operators. And that is priceless. Having the ability to know who to talk to and have uh, the, the pump primed to talk to those different groups within each of these massive corporations is a really challenging, or it's a huge benefit for a, a small company that's trying to break into a market. And it, you know, without that, it would have been very challenging to get the breadth of access and, and contracts that we've gotten in the oil and gas industry. So, so the oil and gas industry, all told, owns about a third of, of GHG Sat. Um, another third is owned by institutional shareholders. So mm -hmm. these are very helpful for us for the same reason in getting into government customers, and um, that that continues to be important for a whole bunch of reasons. But you know, the most obvious one is is regulatory, um, and then. Finally, um, you know, we're making inroads into the financial services community. And so th those um, have a, a small participation right now in GHGSAT, but in the future you can expect that um, we will be uh, working hard to scale our services with support from that industry as well. So right now it's about a third oil and gas, a third institutional, and a third of the founders, and that's pretty much the shareholding of GHGSAT. I see. Okay. And... Um... Over the summer, you had you had another funding series, uh, which I believe brought in uh, $40, $45 million. Uh, um, how, how successful was that um, funding effort? And um, what, are you, what, we, what are you putting those funds to use in? So we're very pleased with that funding uh, round. It, what that is, is the culmination of what, what was designed as two tranches, but really is one round of funding. 
and it's uh, in, intended, well, it will be applied to um, the building of a constellation of 10 commercial satellites. So we currently have three in orbit, um, and we will be building more in order to get to a constellation of 10 methane monitoring satellites. In addition, that funding is being used for um, accelerating our analytics. So I, I touched on that earlier, but it's all the services um, using not just our satellites, but third-party satellites to provide that one-stop shop for operators that they can get everything from any satellite through our uh, services. And then finally, it allows us to make sure we have a, a robust and scalable infrastructure. And um, that, of course, is, is paramount as we scale to 10 satellites. That's a tremendous amount of data coming in on a daily basis that needs to be um, appropriately managed and then of course distributed in as timely a fashion as possible to our customers so that that's that's the purpose of that round uh, we're we're very pleased to have that behind us now and and we place all the orders that we need to place right now we're, we're very pleased with the pace at which things are progressing and um, next summer you can expect to see our next batch of three satellites be launched Interesting. And uh, you, you said a, a overall fleet you're, you're aiming for is 10 satellites. Um, that's quite sizable. Um, how, how soon do you expect to, to get to that number? By the end of 2023. So we're, the next three are pretty much built right now. They are mm -hmm. they're going through their final integration and they'll begin their final testing shortly. And that's for launch in the summer of 2022. We've placed orders for the next three after that, that um, also now are in full procurement. Um, and we would expect that to launch about a year later, about in the, in the summer of 2023. And then the final set will be launched by the end of 2023, so by December 2023. So all told, we expect to have in three separate batches all of our satellites up in addition to the ones we already have uh, by the end of 2023. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Stefan. And uh, do you have any closing remarks? I think uh, it's been a, a really interesting um, and exciting ride to date. We've done, you know, we've gone from something nobody thought could be done to proving it can be done and now being able to offer a commercial service today. And maybe that's the most important thing I want to emphasize. This is happening now. We're measuring thousands of sources everywhere in the world right now and uh, the services for anybody who's interested uh, we can target your facility and offer the services right now so uh, hopefully this podcast will excite a few listeners and uh, we look forward to hearing from you soon i'm sure it will and uh, i wish you all the best for the future well thank you very much Thanks everyone for again tuning in to the podcast of Gas Pathways, a platform dedicated to technology and innovation taking place in the natural gas industry. See you next time.